Hello! Hey guys, it's Arden Cho. Hey, I'm Holland Roden. Hello, this is Ian Bowen. Hey you guys, this is Melissa Poncio. Hi, I'm Lyndon Ashby. Hi, I'm Dylan Spurberry. This is Megan Tandy. This is Tyler Posey, and you are listening to Not Another. Not Another. Not Another. This is Not Another Team Wolf Podcast. Yes, it is! Oh. Woo! Hey, this is Jeff Davis. You're listening to Not Another Teen Wolf Podcast, my favorite podcast in the world. everyone welcome to not another teen wolf podcast we are recording episode 106 this week covering season 5 episode 9 of teen wolf called lies of omission and this is the penultimate episode of season 5a next week will be the last episode of the season or at least the last episode of the first arc and then there'll be no more for quite some time I believe uh you know I don't think we have an exact date on that yet but we can probably safely assume a very long time um so if you'd like to come and talk to us about this episode uh or you know the upcoming hiatus or anything like that give us ideas for what you might like to hear from us in that time or feedback about what's happened in season 5a uh you can reach us on our twitter which is natw podcast our email, which is natwpodcast at gmail.com, our Instagram, which is natwpodcast, or our Tumblr, which is notanotherteenwolfpodcast.tumblr.com. Uh, you can send an ask there if you want. Uh, you can also always reach us on the Hyperball page where we host the podcast uh, in the comments section as well. Uh, if you're tuning in for the first time, I am one of your hosts, Natalie. Hello. Uh, welcome. And I am joined by... Our other co-host and now Teen Wolf lead writer for the Hyperball website, Karen. Hello, Karen. Hi. Hi. As lead news writer for Teen Wolf on the Hyperball website, Karen, uh, do you have any news for the people about what we can expect from Season 5B? Um, Lots of Desert Wolf, apparently. That's definitely going to be a big storyline, which is something I'm actually also looking forward to. And what about a date? Date? No official date yet, although I will say when they split up season three, we started back up in January, and I wouldn't be surprised if they did that again this year. Mm. And they're filming now for 5B, or at least the writing room is operating uh, uh, the, the, the production. I think there's been a few photos of, you know, coming back to school for, for 5B on set, so that's... Uh, I guess I don't know what the turnaround is between filming and uh, and airing. I could probably work it out if I tried, but yeah, that sounds about right for now. Um, yeah, I'm not sure they've started filming quite yet, but I do know, yeah, they are breaking the episodes and getting geared up for 5B, which is interesting. And actually, something else that came out recently is that uh, season 5 was supposed to be the last for Teen Wolf. And then the network ordered 20 more episodes for season six. So oh, really? That's good. That keeps 
Yeah, that keeps us in business well, for a little while longer. <laughs> well, I think that was something that we kind of kind of knew, not officially knew, but kind of knew that season that they had kind of planned for five to be the last potentially. I don't know if they'd written it all, if you know what I mean. So maybe season five will end like it was the show ending. But yeah, I mean, from what we spoke uh, to the cast at Comic Con, you know, especially Jeff, you know, they didn't necessarily expect a season six or even request a season six. Uh, the show, the network just wants more and more Teen Wolf forever because it makes them money and it's like the most popular show on the network. So it should be interesting to see where they go with that. I believe what they were kind of saying was that it was, you know, season five is going to end in a place which, you know, could be a finale or could be a jumping off point for something new. So I'll be interested to see what they end 5B with if they kind of had half a plan for it to be the end of the show, if you know what I mean. I suppose they did. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, not sure. sure. Just know, because actually. they. Yeah, if they're writing five B now, hang on. No, that's wrong. If they're writing five B now, then six was ordered before five B finished. So ignore me. That's that's crazy, uh, crazy talk from me. So <laughs> never mind. Um, yeah, what were you gonna say? Sorry. It, basically that. Sorry. Yeah. No, I was I was sort of thinking about season five as a whole, and I forgot that they were actually writing five B now. Sorry about that. Anyway, we'll go into the episodes. Uh, we'll go into the episode now for, from this week um, and start off with our quotes. Uh, my favourite quote of the week was from Malia when she sort of styles kind of finds her in the hall, kind of after we've been focusing on everyone, kind of being separate and ignoring each other, and Styles finds her and she just says. I hate this. I hate losing like this. I'm not like Scott. I can't deal with another body. This is after the death of the the girl that she was trying to help. And I don't know why. It just felt to me like the realest line in the episode. Like, it was just really, like, how often do they actually say, like, in the middle of all of what's going on, how much, how often do they really say, like, in simple terms, like, this really sucks. I don't want to do this. This is crap. And I really loved it uh, from her, especially because I feel like she's been really isolated for most of the season. Like, a lot of the scenes we've had with her have been just her without, like, many of the others involved. And, and yeah, I just, I don't know, it got to me. So, yeah, that was my favourite line. Yeah, I really liked that line too, actually, and I really liked what Malia was saying. Um, you know, you were asking how often do they just sort of stop and say, well, this sucks. I wonder how often they stop and say, I'm not like Scott, because I feel like everybody kind of holds themselves up to Scott, um, which is a good thing and a bad thing for a lot of different reasons. But yeah, I feel like that's something that probably everybody struggles with. Mm. My favorite line came from Styles, and the reason why I chose this line is because it's pretty much the only funny line in the entire episode, and <laughs> I just really needed it after this episode, and it's when he's talking about Parrish, and he just says, then he should know he owes me a Jeep, and I was like, yeah, you know, Roscoe needs to be taken care of. I will say, actually, in terms of funny lines, it didn't have uh, the the greatest amount of context, but I loved Lydia's delivery in the beginning of when she was like, yeah, well, the Banshee's having an off day. Like, I really loved her. Yeah. Her, <laughs> I, I loved her in general. I, like, shout out to also, like, best unspoken moment. I loved her fight with Parrish, like the physical fight with Parrish a lot. I really 
That was my yes. favorite moment of the episode, I think. But anyway, uh, yeah, we'll go into that as we're talking about it. Uh, do you want to start the first point? Sure. Um, it, the episode opens with Scott doing a voiceover, and he's basically just explaining what's been happening the entire episode. And we don't know at first who he's, he's talking to, and we'll get to that in a second. But the way that he was explaining everything and the way that he said, you know, he can tell everybody's scared, everybody knows something is coming, and he talks about, like, hopelessness, it just made everything feel worse. <laughs> the the way in which he said it, like his tone, but also just the fact that it was this voiceover montage of all these people, like not making eye contact in the school hallways and looking at each other, like, you know, okay, you're still alive and what's coming next. And, you know, being very unsure about the future. Mm. Yeah. You said, um, you said just now, like that we'll talk about like who he was talking to I so, I, like, at first I didn't know whether it was just like, oh, are they totally changing tactics with the show? Like, is this just, like, a voiceover, like an inner monologue kind of thing? Because we don't really have that with this show. And they've used a few techniques in this show uh, this season that they haven't really done before. And I'm like, are they they kind of experimenting with with different, uh, you know, styles of storytelling in the show? And, And there's a question to be asked about whether that, works in a show whether you have to have a set formula of what you can do with your you know universe or your cinematography or your way of telling a story or if you can introduce new uh techniques like that that far on in a season and I I think some things you can and and some shows that might leave you a bit confused uh but who he was talking to I so wanted it to be a phone call to Derek I so wanted it to be oh. it, like like even if it was like even if he didn't say anything like you know and there was just a pause and it's like and it, you know or if he was like sorry Derek I gotta go and like hangs up the phone I just wanted it to be a phone call to Derek that's and then I was like fucking Theo really this was you were saying all this to Theo Theo was there for all of that you don't need to explain all this to Theo I was so upset so yeah yeah it would have been so much better if it was a phone call to Derek and I would have been so on board with that even if we didn't hear his voice like you said I think it would have been just nice to know that they're still in contact but it was with Theo and you know Theo says I'm with you for better or worse and Scott says trust me there's going to be worse and Theo just says I'm counting on it and I'm like seriously get suspicious of that like you know, sure, that's not, like, surely that's a total supervillain thing to to say, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm counting on it. And so if I was Scott, I'd be like, what does that mean, man? What do you mean? You, you hope that it's going to get worse? What does that even mean, man? But no, apparently not. Yeah. <sighs> um, yeah, so Theo goes to confront the Dread Doctors uh, with his, uh, you know, requests slash... He's starting to get annoyed at them for uh, not keeping him in the loop or not doing what he wants them to do or something like that. Um, apparently they, they promised him a pack and he seems very hung up on Hayden staying alive. Um, and I don't know how that affects him, like whether it's like, oh, I need to keep her alive so I look good to Scott or if there's some connection between the two of them that we don't know about. Uh, that he wants her power or that, you know, something with Hayden. Uh, 
Did you have any any thoughts about why he wanted Hayden alive specifically? Well, I think he needs the pack to stay together because I think that he's going to try to take over the pack. And when he takes over the pack, he has to have a pack that trusts him and believes in him and is together. If Hayden dies, I think that Liam is going to be really pissed off and probably going to leave. And, you know, things like that are going to trickle into the other people and they're going to start getting really unsettled and it's going to break the pack up. And while I think Theo has been spending time putting doubts in people's minds, I think that he's been doing it very subtly that maybe he can easily manipulate them later on. But I just feel like if Hayden dies, then things are going to get really bad really fast. And I don't think he's quite prepared for that yet. Yeah. I, I see what you mean that like, especially, you know, as a Liam is already ready to leave basically. Um, the dread doctors kind of are like, shut up Theo, you know, we didn't promise you anything. Just be quiet. Uh, while they're injecting each other with some nice uh, fluid, which I don't know if that's a clue in any way to what they're using the supernatural yes. for. Like if they are... Um, I don't know. You know. If they're draining off power or something like that to put into themselves to keep their like life force or, you know, something weird. Yeah. Yeah, I actually wrote an article about this today because this is this was really not surprising. Like I was kind of waiting for a look at what they could possibly be like underneath the masks and everything. And of course, you know, we didn't get the mask off, but we got to see their arm, which is very scarred and sort of deflated. And then when they, um, yeah. Yeah, and when they inject um, the one in the arm, it kind of puffs back up. And I just have to say, (laughs) thank you so much, Brooke, (laughs) for making gifts for me of this exact moment so I could put it in my article. And she just messaged me and she goes, it's so weird to watch this over and over again. And I looked at the gifts and like, these are high quality, huge gifts, like 800 pixels wide, which is pretty large. And they're disgusting like it was really hard to just stare at them but i kind of couldn't look away at the same time so anyway besides that it's really interesting and i wonder what they're doing exactly because so far we've seen um a lot of people talking about healing like hayden healed miraculously Corey healed miraculously it's sort of a thing that's been happening and if you look at the dread doctors their arms are like the scars are still very red and raw and look kind of fresh and of course they're deflated and then it kind of puffs back up and i just wonder if they're making chimeras so that they can incorporate some sort of healing factor into whatever they are now because it does look like they're sort of like frankenstein's monster and they've been pieced together with different things maybe they need another chimera to give them like a healing factor Mm. yeah i feel like that whatever they're trying to do with these chimeras is definitely self-serving it's definitely something that they um yeah, I don't know, something to, to keep them going in some way, I suppose. I don't know, it seems bizarre to me that they would um, just what let, be making these chimeras for the greater good or something. So I'm assuming that it is, it is something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. 
the other thing about them is that they're they're telling Theo um, that everything he was like he, they're like only until the perigee syzygy, uh, you know, is keeping Hayden alive. Everything will happen during the perigee syzygy, uh, which is not just uh, weird dread doctor gibberish it's actually the scientific term for the supermoon that scott mentions later which the two things separately like a syzygy is a certain alignment of like a planet like a sun and a planet or something like that like that's the general term for like a, a, a celestial body alignment and then perigee is like something specific about the supermoon so uh that's what that is um though in the dread doctor's funny voices uh it was not so easy to interpret did you have uh trouble there karen i made sure that i turned on the closed captioning before the episode started because this scene was released online and i watched it ahead of time and i didn't understand a single word of what they said so i was like yeah closed captioning and it helped a lot and at first i was like does closed captioning not know what they're saying either? Like, what the hell is a syzygy? <laughs> um, yeah, and it was like, there's a lot of Y's and a Z in that word. I'm not sure that's real, but then I looked it up and it's totally real. So, uh, yes, thank you, closed captioning, for that. It's real. Um, yeah, so it's uh, in astronomy, a straight line configuration of three celestial bodies, which is usually like the Earth, the Moon, and the Sun basically. Um, so, uh, you know, and then the supermoon comes into that as well. So yeah, big time for moons, basically. And Theo kind of looks afraid of the Dread Doctors. Like we've asked a few times, like, who's the boss here? Like, what's Theo's deal? You know, wh- why has he got his weird, you know, slave parents? Like, you know, is he bossing the Dread Doctors around? Are they bossing him around? Uh, he, he looks like not that in control here though yeah it's the first time we really see him afraid and it was kind of nice like he actually backs (laughs) away from them and i'm like yes you should be afraid i'm rooting for the dread doctors because i hate theo so much yeah wow okay uh i mean the dread doctors have killed like dozens of people um and experimented on them but theo is also not very nice so i know i don't know it's a tough call really you know tell us are you team dread doctors or team theo if it had to come down to between the two of them (laughs) uh you can tell us that on twitter if you want to listeners that might be fun yeah well i can tell you right now i am team i think it's Layden, uh liam and hayden together i think they're so cute and i love the way that he like played with her hair and uh it's gross but anyway (laughs) the big part of this is that she starts bleeding mercury and that was really bad and i will tell you right here at the top of the episode that i was super worried about hayden the entire time i literally did not care about anybody else and i was like if she dies i'm out guys like i don't know why but i just i really like her she's kind of badass but she's really sweet and she's really changed a lot since we first met her and i just really enjoy that dynamic she has with liam and uh yeah so i was rooting for hayden to stay alive the entire time and i'm still really worried about her yeah um yeah she she's very sweet and it's funny because i was thinking about that scene between the buses 
Um, and they're sophomores now, so they would have been like the same age as like Scott and Allison in season one, but they seem like so much younger, like such more little babies, basically, and like yes. such like a cute, like innocent thing. I don't know, it's sweet. Isn't it weird to think about them sort of being the same age now? Because they definitely kind of play them as... But that happens with every generation. Like, that happens with every kind of situation where there was young people who started doing something young and then younger people come along. Like, for example, I think there's bits in Buffy, like, in the last couple of seasons where Dawn's like, I'm older. They're like, no, Dawn, you have to stay home and and not be involved in this. And she's like, I'm older now than you are when you started being the Slayer, if you know what I mean. So... Um, I think yeah. that there's a, like there's a little bit of that with Liam and Hayden for me uh, that it's funny that they're so young basically. <laughs> Going on from from them, uh, Lydia and Styles uh, go out looking for the the nematon basically uh, in order to you know find out what Parrish was doing with the bodies, um, and Lydia is kind of done with it and he she wants to just go get Parrish and tell him what's going on. Um, and have him sort of find the the tree and, and, you know, talk about what he's been doing. And Styles does not want her to because, uh, you know, he, he basically he almost tells her about Donovan. He's kind of like, one of the bodies, you know, that, that you know, one of the bodies is dead because I killed him. But he just basically doesn't say that. He doesn't end up telling her and he kind of acts all weird and then she goes off, um, goes off to tell Parrish. But... Do you think that he should have told her or not? Like, do you think that her knowing the truth from Styles would sort of make a difference to what happened later between him and Scott or, or just in general, do you think he should have told her? I mean, I think he should have told everybody right from the beginning. It would have saved a lot of headaches, especially now that the, uh, Theo has proven to be an even worse human being than initially uh, we saw. But, I mean, yeah, if you would have told... Lydia, I think that once the quote-unquote truth was revealed to Scott, Lydia could have come in and been like, um, hey, that's hey, not that's what he not told what me. Happened. And then maybe things, yeah, and then things could have been fixed up a little bit quicker, but, you know, drama, we need to drag it out a little bit, so I guess it does make sense. But at the same time, I can kind of see why he's so hesitant, especially now that time has passed. I think that people might end up judging him a bit more for what he's done because he didn't admit to it right away. Yeah. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, it's it's going to be a tough one. Uh, but, yeah, I think, I think he should have told her, but never mind. Never mind. So then Theo, you know, speaking of Styles, goes to Styles and says he thinks Scott will understand about Donovan. And I just immediately saw the groundwork that he was laying here and that, you know, it was like he felt like he needed Scott to know all of a sudden. And it was very strange. And then Styles looks behind him and sees himself staked to the floor with that pipe, the piece of scaffolding. And first of all, that was not an image I ever wanted to see of Styles. It was horrific. Um, but also, you know, what sort of metaphor were they trying to convey here? Like, why do you think that he saw himself? I have no idea. I, I I genuinely don't know why they did this. I, I can't tell you anything better than that. I have not a clue 
why they did this. My only guess is that he was feeling so guilty that maybe he felt like he was the bad guy or something like that. Yeah, but why would that equal him being dead? Just the guilt of it. I don't know. Like, you know, he feels like he's the bad guy. He's the perpetrator. And maybe he should have been there instead, which is ridiculous. But Styles, you know... I think despite what he said and despite the fact that maybe he is glad Donovan is out of the picture, still feels guilty about it on some level. Um, And, you know, everything surrounding it with how it's being handled and eventually later on with Scott. So I guess it does. I mean, I think it makes sense that he saw himself, but I was just wondering if there was like another layer to it that maybe I didn't pick up on. I don't think so. I I honestly can't tell you why... They, yeah, I was kind of like, why did they have that? I have no idea. So, no, sorry about that. I um, I was confused by it. I mean, I wasn't like, I kind of understand the storytelling concept. I wasn't like, oh, what the hell? Like, But I, I wasn't sure why they made that choice instead of, you know, showing maybe Donovan's body or, or something like that. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and then basically kind of a, as a... a f- follow on from the the whole murder in the library situation with team murder you know styles and theo um (laughs) sheriff uh you know develops a plan uh to instead of looking for the uh, new chimeras to look for the lost bodies and you know is basically giving everyone uv lamps to look for mercury or i think they were uv lamps he goes to the library site because he has the you know suspicions about what he was told by Clark about the key cards about Theo and about uh, Styles basically, and he kind of has two flashbacks, which is one to Clark telling him, and then one to Styles telling him that he knows uh, Theo is you know untrustworthy, and and him saying they always make a mistake, and he finds the you know, the mercury, the blood uh, residue. But that memory about showing Styles, are we meant to think that he's remembering that Styles told him that Theo was a bad guy? Or is he suspecting Styles himself? Like, is he like, you know, oh, remember I told Styles that they make a mistake? What if Styles has made a mistake? So. Which way did you take it? Like, do you, do you think that he does suspect Styles, or do you think he was kind of buying in, finally buying into what Styles had said about Theo? I definitely took it as him thinking that Styles had done something bad, and that could definitely be a wrong imp- interpretation. I hadn't thought about the fact that Theo was you know, possibly the topic of those flashbacks, but. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like with him finding that, with him knowing that Styles was there and possibly picking up on the fact that Styles has been acting differently lately. I mean, we talked about how last week when Styles told him about the key card that the sheriff potentially, you know, knew that Styles was lying. So if that's the way that we're interpreting that scene, then I think here it could definitely be a possibility that he thinks Styles had potentially done something bad. So, yeah, that was a little worrying. Yeah, I agree. I don't know what to 
to to think about it. I I definitely thought that it meant he suspected Theo because Styles had warned him about him before, but I can see it going either way, basically. Yeah. Well, then Theo goes to Scott, and he tells Scott what Styles did. Only he makes it sound like it was on purpose, talking about him killing him with the wrench, hitting him over and over again, his head collapsing and not even looking real. It was the worst thing he had ever seen in his life. I mean, first of all, Theo slash Cody Christian, but Theo can act. I mean, that is something that I think Scott was eating up. I mean, not necessarily that he wanted to believe that about his friend, but the fact that Theo was so natural with it and was so affected by it. I think it was hard for Scott to be like, you're lying, you know, because he clearly was really upset about it. But let me just tell you, there were a lot of bad words being thrown at the television as Theo was <laughs> unraveling this supposed story because I was so angry at him. Aww. So angry. Oh, you're so cute, Karen, with your hate. <laughs> yeah. Um okay. <laughs> what? It's just funny. Um I don't know. It's 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 weird, isn't it? Like it's um like what the- I get why Theo was doing, you know, what he did or whatever. Like I get I get that. But um but was it overkill? Like I don't know. What do you think that he achieved there basically? I mean, I, I know okay. what he achieved in terms of, you know, of doing a rift between Styles and Scott, but, like, why, I don't know, like, the crying and just, like, like... Yeah, well, oh. two things. Two important things here. One, we were talking about how Theo is potentially trying to keep the pack together, so when he maybe inherits it, you know, he still has a strong pack as he becomes the alpha. But I think Styles is the one person, I mean, I know, I know Styles is the one person that did not trust him from the beginning, and I think that he is also the one person that could potentially blow Theo's entire cover and get everyone else to believe that Theo is a bad guy. Mm. So by kind of sending him off and making this rift between Scott and Styles, making Styles look really bad, this is his way of getting him out of the picture mm. so that when he does get the pack or like he can get closer to Scott and all of this stuff. So there's that. The other thing with it potentially being overkill, I think this is the lie that's going to get him. I mean, he has been really smart up until this point, but he told two different stories and we'll get to the second one in a minute about what styles did. And these people are eventually going to talk to each other and find out that he's not been very consistent here. And I don't really understand why he felt the need to so like over dramatize it because I think if he had spun it in a way, I mean, he killed the one dude, Josh, I think his name was. And like, if that hadn't happened, then I think that he could have spun Styles' real story and made Styles sound bad, being like, well, he still killed him, you know, like it was an accident, but like clearly, like, he wanted to end him or something like that. He could have said he, he did it on purpose knowing what would happen, but maybe he felt like he couldn't do that because he had also killed Josh and it could be kind of construed in the same way. Does that make sense? Sort of. I do agree about the 
let yeah, I, I, less this. I understand why he did this with Scott. I have no idea why he did that with the sheriff. Like, except for that, obviously, you know, turning himself in looked less bad than being like, yeah, your son killed a guy, and sheriff would be like, oh yeah, okay, kid. Um, but the, I don't know. Like, I don't. If he wants the pack minus Scott, which we kind of do know for the from the next uh, tr- preview. Like, if he wants the pack minus Scott, surely he should be trying to get everyone... I don't know. I, I don't I don't think that what he's doing is going to work. I mean, obviously, you know, he's the bad guy. We hope that what he's doing isn't going to work. But I don't think there's ever going to be a moment where he's like, I'm the leader of the pack. Yeah, you all trust me more than Scott now. Like, I don't think it's going to get to that point, if you know what I mean. Like, I don't think there's yeah, gonna, he's going to have neither. to... You know, I don't think Scott's going to have to, like, win them back from Theo. Uh, and Me I just... neither. I think he greatly underestimates the power that Scott has over his pack. That sounds really bad and like vindictive almost, but I, they're so incredibly loyal to him, and he's proven what a great leader he is. And yes, they're going through a very tough time right now, and there are some seeds of doubt, but I think in the end, everyone's going to stand by Scott, and I hope that happens. I hope Theo tries to his damnedest to get this pack and it just doesn't work because they're like no you're no scott mccall Mm, yeah i don't know it's weird to me it's really weird to me i like he he isn't as smart as he thinks he is uh clearly theo but uh i don't know he's (laughs) he's strange to me um so yeah with that situation i mean the the kind of violent bashing in the head death um of scott uh of sorry of donovan by styles allegedly um do you think that if say styles had really done that say he had really done that do you still think do you think that you know scott and and him would get through it even if he had really done that i mean i think If there was a good reason behind it, like, I mean, it depends. Like, if he hunted this dude down and smashed his head in, probably not. But that wouldn't really be the styles that we've grown to know and love. Mm. I think that if he was being attacked and he was terrified for his life and he hit him several times in the head to make sure he was dead because he was so frightened, you know, I think that's a decent excuse i still think that's self-defense so there's a good possibility that you know if scott got all the details that he could potentially still feel like okay this was self-defense i do believe you you know i don't approve of what you did but it's not like you really had much choice if he was trying to kill you yeah i don't know it's uh, can you imagine styles doing what theo described Not really. I mean, like I said, maybe if he was really worried for his life, but that's a very, very violent act. And I could see him, basically what he did in the parking lot was hit him with a wrench to get him away and then run because, you know, he's not the toughest guy and he doesn't know a lot of, you know, moves and everything so i think his best bet is always going to be to run and hide or run and you know go find scott and have him deal with it considering he's supernatural so Mm. um i think what he did in the parking lot was like 
as purposely violent as Styles would really ever get. Mm. Possibly, yeah. I, I think that, yeah, I think that he's not quite at the head bashing in stage. Uh, I'm not saying he might not get there with time, but I think that he is not there now, certainly. Uh, I think he would purposely kill someone, but maybe not with this much, like, angry mutilation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, one of the other interesting things that happens uh, with Malia in this episode is that she uh, rushes out to help a girl who basically she sees, uh, you know, chewing off her nail and it's really gross and the sound of it crackling out, it just makes me want to die. It's so gross. Yeah. Uh, That was like me with the wings and you laughed at me. There are a couple of really gross moments for me in this episode. The nail thing or, or whatever she was losing, a fingernail or a tooth, I think she like chewed her own now, it was so gross to me, and the scar on Styles's shoulder from the Wendigo bite, like the eel bite thing, is also so gross to me. Oh, <laughs> it's so gross. But yeah, Beth um, rushes out, and, and Malia kind of goes after her. Um, Ms. Martin, Lydia's mother, stops Malia from helping her. And it's this very interesting moment in that Malia accuses her of, like, knowing about what's going on, basically, or knowing some of what's going on, flashes her eyes at her, and Ms. Martin kind of lets her go, but she also very strongly gives her the impression that she doesn't want any of this supernatural nonsense and that people should be... That all of them, like all of the kids who are like running around the woods at night fighting monsters, should not be doing that and that they should be focusing on their schoolwork instead. So, <laughs> first of all, that's kind of an interesting take, like of an adult being like, you know, you know, you know about this, because we've had Melissa in the past, you know, tell Scott, like, you know, given that you're involved, you have to do the best you can to help people, whereas Ms. Martin is kind of being like, you're a teenager, sit down and go to school. I don't care if you are secretly a werewolf, just don't do that at school. So, if you know what I mean, like, um, you know, maybe you should actually put all of this aside and just not get involved if possible, uh, you know, for your safety or for your chance in normal life. So, uh, how do you feel about that take on it, I guess? I definitely don't think that take on it is wrong, you know? Like, I definitely would want to side with Melissa, but I think that's just sort of, like, who I am. Like, you know, we asked at the very beginning of when we started this show, you know, if you had the chance to take the bite, would you take it? And I said yes, because I would feel like I'd I'd have some sort of responsibility to help people. So I definitely personally side with Melissa, but... I don't think Mrs. Martin is wrong. I think that she's trying to protect the kids and, you know, she's scared and that's fine. I don't know if she's had, like, the talk yet, like uh, the sheriff did from (laughs) Melissa and Chris. Um, And maybe that's part of the issue. But if she only has sort of a surface knowledge of what's going on, she might not realize how bad it is. And the fact that these kids may be their only chance to stop what's going on in the town. So I can't really blame her for being afraid. Mm. I think it's kind of a reasonable take on it. I think it's kind of not necessarily the, you know, smartest. It's a bit uninformed. It's a bit naive or a bit optimistic. 
but I think that it is actually a pretty uh, reasonable thing to want, especially for your kid and, you know, her friends, basically. I think it's not, not that out of loop to be like, yeah, I know, but how about we don't do that, basically? Um, how about we just, you know, sit down and not get involved with all of the murderers, and if they come for us, then oh well. Uh, but she lets her go regardless and goes to try and she goes to help Beth and Beth kind of blows her off basically um, slams her into the the wall but Beth also seems to be deeply malfunctioning more than any of the other chimeras that we've seen like she's kind of repeating herself like being like my condition my condition my condition and then the dread doctors come from her and snap her neck in front of Malia which is a, a nice thing to witness in you know a sunny afternoon at school uh so yeah i yeah. have to interject here for a second because i was so excited by that part that it was <laughs> beth's neck getting snapped and not hayden let me tell you i had like only eyes for hayden this entire episode oh because God. when i saw this in the preview i i would have sworn that was hayden i was really worried that it was and when it was beth i was like yes <laughs> like oh well I, I feel sorry for you but at least you're not Hayden R.I.P. Beth like thanks Karen that's really really nice just because you don't know <laughs> Beth doesn't mean she isn't also great you know I'm sure she's wonderful but she's no Hayden and she's dead also that yeah so basically that's sort of where after that happens is when uh you know she kind of runs into Styles and says the the quote that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode and the other boys, um, Scott and Theo, have a confrontation. Uh, had a confrontation about Corey, uh, the the boy that he neck stabbed, also uh, getting basically taken to the hospital because Mason tests out his strength capacity and basically, you know, they're they're going, you know, having fun in the locker room and it's all yeah. And then uh, the next we see of them, Corey is, like, vomiting the black blood and silver and going off in the ambulance. And the boys follow them to the hospital. Uh, and is that when he tells him about Styles? Is, is, is it on the way there or on the way back? Yeah. No, it's on the way there. Okay. Well, regardless, they, that's when he tells him about Styles. And then they go into the hospital and uh, there's Havoc. Corey, we learn, has the power of, like... I don't even know if it's invisibility or if it's, like, merging through walls. It's, like... I think it's, like, camouflage. Yeah, it's something. I, I wasn't sure whether he could literally, like, shift through solid walls or if it was just, like, he was lying against the wall and he became uh, into vision. So one of them, he has a weird power that we've never seen before, basically. I think it's camouflage just because all of these people have been merged with animals and there are obviously animals out there that can camouflage themselves, so that yeah, sort of made... True. There aren't yeah. any animals that can really merge through a wall, is what you're saying to me? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> All right. Well, fair enough. Um, and but he ends up getting killed uh, by the dread doctors in the ho- in the hospital parking lot, despite his invisibility powers. So that's sad for him. R.I.P. Corey. At least it wasn't Hayden. Oh so the God. next point. <laughs> 
<laughs> is that um, Parrish is trying to remember where the Nemeton is. Uh, he and Lydia are going in the woods, and he kind of automatically makes a right turn, and she's like, see, you know where you're going. And they end up out in the middle of the forest. You know, they get out of his car or whatever, and he just can't remember for crap. So then Lydia starts to fight him as a way to distract him, to make him stop thinking about it so hard, and maybe it'll just come to him. I loved this part for so many reasons, because... Lydia, first of all, has definitely learned a lot more since she started training with Parrish. And I think that it's a great way to show that time has passed and that she has improved. Because, you know, we've been wondering since the beginning, like... How's her fighting lessons going? Yeah, like, how has Lydia basically become Black Widow? Because, you know, she can throw punches when we first see her starting with Parrish, but she can't do that flip neck, spin flippy thing. And this kind of shows that she's learned a bit more. She's got a, a little more, like, a few more moves under her belt. So I really enjoyed it for that. But also, like... It wasn't necessarily, like, sexy, like, let me distract you by kissing you to make you stop thinking about it. You know, we've seen that with, like, the panic attack, and we've seen that with um, Allison (laughs) talking um, about picturing her naked in the bowling thing, um, the bowling alley. I know. Way big throwback. So it was kind of nice to get, like, Lydia kicking ass and her distracting him that way. Yeah. I can I can go with that. As I said, I really love this scene, and and you're right. I thought it was really fun, and I liked when he kind of got into it, and he was like, "Come on, bring it!" And it was like it was just, yeah, it was really fun, and like whether it was you know flirtatious or not, I don't think that you know it came across like that. Like you know, she wasn't coy about it at all. Like I think she's kind of done with like all games, by the way. Like her tone of voice is just like <laughs> so like abrupt and just like done with everyone basically and I'm, I'm wondering if she's gonna have like a rage fit at some point really soon but yeah I just loved the fight I loved how it looked I loved their attitude in it yeah I loved that it wasn't all like hot and heavy breathing or anything like that so <laughs> yeah no I agree I really liked it I didn't think about like the throwback to like the sexy distractions but I liked it <laughs> yeah yeah. It did turn him on, though, with the powers. Oh, yes. Yes, that is true, actually, because his eyes lit up, like, literally lit up, and uh, he looked right toward the Nematon, so they found it. Yay! They found it. Um, they found five dead bodies. Woohoo! Hooray. Sounds good. So, uh, next, we get the bit that really bugs me slash confuses me uh when the sheriff is handling the the new death at the school he pulls theo aside to say i need to talk to you pulls him into the locker room and and theo's kind of like sheriff has clearly accused him or said hey we know that you were here when this happened and um theo's like am i gonna need a lawyer and then he tells sheriff the exact truth of the situation that happened except that he said it was him that did it, not Styles. So the whole truth, the accidental death while trying to get away from the psychotic Donovan who, you know, was trying to kill him or whatever. Um, and, you know, he cries and he's like, I didn't know what else to do. And then the sheriff hugs him and he's like, oh, there, there, baby. It's okay. I understand it was an accident. 
what the hell? Like, what was this? Because I don't, I, I understand what him doing to Scott with Styles achieved. Like, I understand why he would, uh, you know, want to make that, you know, out, out to Scott like it was worse than it was, and and get him against Styles. What does this achieve, especially as you said, given that these people are going to talk to each other? Like, if if Sheriff comes home and tells Styles this, you know. And Styles is like, oh shit, actually, that was me. Like, who is Theo serving in this scene? I mean, for one, I think it gets some sympathy with the sheriff, obviously, because he hugs him. And I will get to that in a minute, because that's the part that really pissed me off. <laughs> um, but I also think maybe, and I still think that this is, you know, this lie between Scott and between the sheriff is what's going to get Theo... In trouble. in trouble. Mm. But I think maybe what he's attempting to do is to discredit Styles. If Styles comes home to the sheriff and says, look, this is what happened to me. And, you know, here's the entire story. If the sheriff is like, that's the story Theo just told me. I would hope the sheriff would believe his son over Theo. But maybe Theo is hoping that by getting a head start, and being yeah, like, this may- is what happened to me, that he can discredit Styles. Yeah, maybe he'll, maybe he wants to put Styles as the as the killer, and that you know, if if Sheriff talks to Scott, for example, or or if Styles talks to the Sheriff, or something like that, that they're gonna Theo is gonna build sympathy for himself by saying, maybe he wants the Sheriff to think it was Styles as well, and so by covering it up, by saying, oh, it was me. Um, and then Scott's like, hey, but I heard Styles did it, that the sheriff's like, what if Theo was just covering for Styles? if you know what I mean? That makes Theo look even nobler and sweeter and more loving yeah. towards the pack if he was willing to turn himself in for Styles. if you know what I mean. Yeah, which just grosses me out on <laughs> so many levels. But look, that hug from the sheriff was for Styles, okay? Like, that was Styles' story, and that was Styles' mistake, and he was supposed to tell the sheriff, and the sheriff's supposed to hug him, and then everything was going to be okay, but it's not, because Theo stole his hug, and I'm just, I, I hate Theo. Theo hate stole Theo. his hug? Oh, Karen. I hate Theo so much. <laughs> oh, yeah, I agree, but, yeah, that, that sucks. I'm sorry that Theo stole his hug. It's... It's so, I, I feel know, really just... betrayed. Why? Because he got to hug the sheriff. Yes, like it, it, Styles was supposed to get that sympathy, and Theo took it right out from underneath him. Yeah. Do you think that the sheriff would have reacted like that if it was Styles, or if he would have been like, "Kid, what you doing?" You know, like, like, or would it, would have been even more sympathetic and like, "We got to cover this up." I think. That the sheriff would have hugged him. I think that the sheriff would have been equally sympathetic because it is a story to sympathize with, especially if Styles told it with as much emotion as Theo did, which, once again, incredible actor and also Cody Christian is amazing. Um, but, you know, I think if Styles had been really genuine with his father and showed maybe how scared he was and everything, then yeah, I think the sheriff totally would have acted the same way. You'd hope so. I would hope so. Now, in terms of, you know, what they do after that, does he turn himself in? You know, do they cover it up? It kind of already is covered up because they don't have the body. I don't know. 
that's something that I think the sheriff would definitely have conflicting feelings over. <sighs> what do you think they're going to do with Theo? I mean, now that the sheriff knows about Theo. I mean, did he once take him again, into custody like or was he there with Scott at the end? He was there with Scott at the end. So he didn't like arrest him or anything after No. And I mean, I think part of it is that there's no body. So what can they do? I mean, See, as far as anybody else knows, he's just missing. That confused me. That confused me with the um with Ken Yukimura as well. With Kira saying, Oh, there was no body, so they had to let him go. And I'm like But there was a body before. You knew there was a body. Just because it's missing now doesn't mean someone didn't still kill the body, if you know what I mean. So I don't know how all of that yeah. works, if you know what I mean. Like I mean, I think that those are two different stories. Like Donovan hasn't been found, period. With the other one the body was found. They had the evidence. You know, they were keeping it in custody or whatever. They know there was a murder. They don't know if Donovan was murdered for sure or not. They just know that he's missing. But with that one lady, they know she was murdered. And the fact that there's no body. pictures and stuff, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like, just because there's no body doesn't mean anything. But I guess because there's no body now potentially that means they didn't get all the evidence or something like that and they can't hold him until they get more evidence who knows not me i don't know natalie doesn't know no one knows who who can tell who will ever know no one probably. yeah sorry sorry what were you next point yeah go ahead if you're ready okay yes to talk about hayden sure um <laughs> <laughs> this worked out perfectly. Um, okay, so the Dread Doctors attacked Liam and Hayden. And, and, you know, obviously I was really worried at first, but then I was like, you know what? I bet Scott's going to show up. And Scott did show up. And then Theo showed up. And they fight. And this was really interesting because Theo was clearly fighting the Dread Doctors and they were clearly fighting him back, but it didn't seem, it kind of seemed like part of the plan. Mm. If you know what I mean? I mean, they wanted to, the Dread Doctors wanted to inject Hayden and they did do that with the Mercury and her eyes turned silver and everybody was worried, including me for a few minutes um, because we didn't know if she was just going to keel over and die instantly and she didn't but theo said something about like i gave them enough time or something like that i didn't quite catch it i was a little confused but i felt like this was part of the plan did you get that feeling a little bit yeah i wasn't quite sure about about whether theo was staging it or not or whether he was really you know trying to quote unquote protect hayden for his own needs, like, for needing her alive. And he was like, no, Dread Doctor, this isn't part of the plan, if you know what I mean. Um, right. So I, I'm not sure. I'm still stuck on why he he needs her in, in any way and and that kind of thing, basically. So I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot about the Theo and the Dread Doctor situation when I think about it, that I'm like, I don't understand how they're going to be able to tell us what the deal was in just one episode, in the next episode, if you know what I mean. Like, in terms of what their aim was together and what Theo has been his whole life and just everything about Theo. Like, And it just makes me worry that this is going to carry on 
longer than just this, if you know what I mean. Oh, it is. I mean, the Dread Actors are going to be in 5B. Oh, shit! Really? Yeah. Fuck! Yeah, they're... Oh, no! Oh, I thought we were done with this! Oh! No, no, no. The Dread Actors are going to be in 5B. They're going to evolve, and next um, half of the season, we're finally going to see what's under their masks. So we're not going to see it... on the podcast the other day that you listened to, the A&E podcast? Oh. No, no, no. This is actually from quite a while ago, I think. Oh, really? Um, Ru- yeah, Russell McKay, he did oh. a an interview with EW, oh. and um, he dropped a bit of those spoilers. Oh. So, yeah. Oh, Dread no. Doctor's not going away anytime soon. Oh, so this might end on, like, a cliffhanger where, like, Theo is the, you know, leader of the pack and everyone loves him. And then maybe Don't Scott, say that! And then maybe Scott and Styles will have to go on the run together and, like, figure out their problems and then come back together and take over from Theo. Oh, my God. I mean, we've always wanted a Skittles road trip, so... <laughs> yeah. I wish it was under better circumstances, but, hey, somebody write a fic about that. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay. I did not know, for some reason, that that... Great! I thought we were going to get answers next week, and we're going to get nothing. <laughs> Fuck. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, but... That's stupid. Um... Well, not stupid, but it's annoying and terrible, basically. Ugh. Why'd you have to tell me that, Karen? Ugh. You asked! <laughs> now everything is ruined. Uh, no, sorry. Um, <laughs> we'll carry on. Uh, did you mention the the injection yet? Like Hayden getting uh, injected with whatever their yeah. problem is? Yeah. What yeah. is that? Is that like they is that like them euthanizing them? Like is that like them putting the poison into them to make them die? I think so. I mean, they inject them with mercury because her eyes turn silver and I guess it's just like mercury they poisoning. They heal from it and then they die. Yeah. Yeah. Fun, very nice. So, um obviously we'll get to that in a in a moment with uh with the effects of that, but um, sorry, I got too caught up in the Dread Doctors uh, coming back. Really? <laughs> I mean, whatever. They, they're they pretty good villains, but oh, I, I want to know about Theo's <laughs> creepy parents. Um, okay. Oh, yeah, me too. I keep forgetting about that. Well, I really want to know, like, what his whole deal is, basically. Um, like I mean, we, we have to learn about his sister, so, like, something's going to come like, up eventually. Like, we know that he's bad, but I want to know what the deal is because it's mm-hmm. really weird. Anyway, moving on to people that I like better than Theo. Um, Lydia uh, basically figures out with Parrish when they find the Nematon uh, with the dead bodies, um, something that we'd never actually speculated. I mean, we speculated that he might have been like a messenger for the dead or something like that, but apparently she thinks that part of what he does, um, like part of whatever his supernaturalness does, is protecting the supernatural secret covering up the supernatural and that's why he's taking the bodies so that people can't see the supernatural bodies but why is he only doing that have we really never speculated about that because i feel like maybe i was just thinking about it in my head but i i kind of felt like yeah okay good we have one more answer this is actually kind of the direction that i thought they were going in i mean it doesn't tell us what parish is but it's at least one more clue Maybe we did. I don't remember, honestly. I can't remember talking about that, but uh, never mind. Um, if we did, that's that's fine. Um, 
I'd never thought about that specifically before, but has has he been taking supernatural bodies that weren't the chimeras, you know? Like, or is it only something that's kicked in recently? Like, would he, would he try and hide any supernatural body that was killed? Like, if Scott got killed tomorrow, would he try and hide Scott's body, you know? Or how does it work? I think he would try to hide the body because I think that, yeah, this is sort of like his job, which is kind of funny that he's like a deputy and everything. I mean, halfway ironic, halfway not ironic because he's protecting the supernatural world, much like as a deputy, he protects, you know, everybody else in Beacon Hills. But um, I think that if Scott died tomorrow, then, yeah, he would try to hide it, too, because... Or if he was changed, I mean, if he died looking normal, I don't think there would be anything to hide. But um, it's somehow it's his job to hide the supernatural creatures if they die and they're, like, exposing oh. themselves. That sounds kind of naughty. That's but... interesting, because I'm sure he's been around since supernatural people have died, if you know what I mean. But he's never done this before this season so maybe it's something he only it only just started kicking in because he says in his dreams that he started having where he was doing this that there's not just a few bodies there's hundreds so maybe you know either maybe he has been doing it in the past and we don't know about it or maybe he's sort of predicted to do it to keep doing it so that yeah something to do with it anyway he flips out about this and it's really cute and he's just like He's just like, this is terrible. I'm really good at my job. This is really not okay. Like, I can't do this. Like, <laughs> and um, and Lydia's just like, eh, it's not a big deal. And she, he's just like, it is a big deal. And, and I just, I really liked this scene. I thought it was really cute. But anyway, he locks himself in a holding cell and everyone is like, why? What are you doing? And uh, he basically locks himself up uh, because there's two new bodies to, um, to come and, uh, you know, be taken basically uh, with uh, Corey and Beth and he doesn't allow that to happen. We don't know if his whole magical self is going to kick in and, and burn down the jail or something like that but for now he's locked himself up uh, showing at least his conscious good intent because like Lydia says you know you're not one of the bad guys and, and he's not obviously like I don't think he's even his supernatural self isn't necessarily one of the, the bad guys and his real you know, a human self certainly has no evil intentions. So, I don't know. I think it's cute. I love him. <laughs> yeah, so do I. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. So it'll be interesting to see if he gets out of where he's locked himself or, or just what this means, basically. Because it does seem like he's only picked up chimeras, but it'd be interesting to see if that's just because his powers have just started kicking in and that they weren't operating at full force before. Though I suppose in yeah, season four, yeah, no one definitely. died. I'm, I'm sure random people died. I'm sure random supernatural people died. None of the pack died. <laughs> we'll see. Anyway. So he's like a supernatural anyway. ball bearer or something. Like, he's like a funeral director or, like, you know, <laughs> you know something like that. That sounds lovely. Not. I wouldn't want that job. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about... Scott confronting Styles because obviously this is like the pinnacle of the episode. This is what everybody's talking about. Um, Scott goes up to Styles and basically says, I know you killed Donovan. And Styles, you know, they don't actually talk about it. Scott doesn't ask him what, did you what do? happened. He doesn't hear, right, he doesn't hear Styles' side of the story. And 
I know a lot of people are upset about this, but to be fair, I think that Scott at this point has no reason to believe that Theo lied, especially given Theo's performance. And I also Mm. think that half of this is also on Styles' shoulders because Scott was like, how could you do this? And Styles was like, you know, Styles could have been like, what do you mean it was an accident? And, you know, that could have cleared it all up. But I think Styles is feeling so guilty, and this is literally his worst nightmare coming to pass, Mm. that he's just like, I just, you know, please believe me. Like, please believe that, like, that I'm me and, you know, I'm not, like, the bad guy here and that he was going to kill my dad. You heard him. And, you know, this is something that kind of, like, needed to happen. And... Scott doesn't say that he believes him. And when Styles steps toward him, he actually flinches. Yeah. And that part was huge to me because, first of all, Scott doesn't need to flinch. Scott can handle anything that Styles throws at him, except for maybe Wolfsbane. But Scott flinched because this is his best friend. And he kind of doesn't know who he is right now. And it was it was really upsetting. And it was all done in the rain, which makes things ten times worse. (laughs) And it was really hard to watch. Yeah, it was confusing to me, really. Um, I guess I that they didn't sort of stop and talk. Like both each of them I guess thought that the other knew the full story. Like they obviously both thought that they were talking about the same thing and that they were they were not in fact talking about the same thing. Uh with uh with the circumstances of the of the killing or the the death. Um you know, and it's a shame that they didn't stop and and talk, really. You know, a shame. I mean that's a bit of a an understatement, but (laughs) what? Um, I mean, yeah, it's definitely an understatement. Shut up. Um, yeah, fine, it's an <laughs> understatement. Um, and the flinching bit was the worst for me. But the rest of it, I don't know, I was kind of like... Styles' speech about, you know, some of us have to get our hands bloody was probably not helping his case, like, given what Scott already thought. If you know what I mean. Like, Although, I loved it, but was it that probably like wasn't... your best... Yeah. It was pretty good. It was pretty good in terms of, I mean, I think hammering home the point to Scott being like, we can't all be true alphas. Like, we can't, like, there's a reason there's only one of you that there isn't every werewolf doesn't rise to it being a true alpha because most people are, you know, are more troubled. You know, they've they've got, they find things harder. They, They don't have the intrinsic stuff that you have or whatever. So... I think that that was actually a point that's interesting to have hammered home to Scott, and it's something that I wonder whether Scott's ever thought about, like, what it means that he is a true alpha and what that means for everyone else around him, like, morally, basically. Um, Yeah. But he certainly made himself sound worse in the circumstance that he bashed someone's head in with a wrench. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, I mean, this is kind of what we were talking about before with like everybody sort of compares themselves to Scott. And I think Styles is the first one to be like, Scott, we can't all be like you, you know, some of us are human. And I think that was a wonderful speech. And I think that's something that we've been talking about 
like around Styles' character for so long is that, yeah, he kind of fits into the gray area a little bit more. I mean, Scott is so incredibly noble and Styles is over there sort of being like, well, you know, we could kill him. Like, don't really want to, but maybe this will solve all of our problems. And Scott's never going to be down for that. But I think this just sort of confirms the type of person that we've thought Styles is has been for a while, which was kind of nice. But the other thing I want to bring up is that a lot of people are talking about the fact that Scott is acting out of character, and I don't necessarily believe that. I think that Scott has a lot going on right now, and he was just confronted with what's happened with Styles mm. by Theo. Theo told him this story, and Scott's like, you know, his mind is blown. He doesn't know what to think. And with, you know, the Hayden thing going on and fighting the Dread Doctors and never gaining any ground and just still feeling out of it after days and days of all of this happening, he's probably exhausted and overwhelmed and scared. And I think it makes sense that he would be like, I can't deal with this right now. Go talk to your dad, which is what he says, which is another part that I was kind of like, ooh. What does that mean exactly? But I don't know. Considering the desperation that we've seen coming from Scott recently, I don't think he's really acting out of character. Yeah, I don't even know what that means. Like, you know, do, do they mean... Like, because you would never say that a human being... Like, a, like I, understand, I understand the concept of, of, of a character being written out of character. Like, that a character, you know, in fiction, you know, is being, you know, written in a way that is not... It doesn't make sense with everything else that you know about them. But you'd never say that about a human being, would you? You'd never say that about, like, oh, Karen's acting really out of character today. Because people in real life change uh, how they feel about things or how they react to things, you know, depending on their own emotional circumstances. So I felt like it was more like that, if you know what I mean, than it being, oh, Scott would never do that. Like, you know, Scott would never do a lot of things that he's you know, has come to do because people, you know, change depending on their situation. And, you know, Styles, you could say Styles would never kill a guy, but Styles has killed a guy. You know, some people have said that. They're like, oh, it's really out of character for, for you know, that to have happened or something like that. But no, just people, time, hap- time passes and circumstances happen and people change. Like, or, or what happens to them changes them. And I don't think that that's that far of a reach for for Scott. Yeah, and I think that Scott has been pretty static for the first four seasons of this show. Not that I dislike that, because I love Scott's character, and I love who he has been up until, you know, the end of season four, but the problem with that is, is it starts to get a little stagnant. You can only have the guy who is in charge of the pack, who refuses to kill people, who is so good, like everybody looks terrible in comparison, can only have that for so long. Eventually you need to challenge that notion and have him grow even more as a character. And season five has been doing that every single episode. Every single episode they're throwing more and more at Scott and kind of putting him in these hard situations where he's like, my best friend killed somebody and the Dread Doctors are killing all these people. You know, I need to do something about this, but how do I do that without going against who I am as a person? And I think that this is so interesting mm. 
for Scott and probably for Posey to play too. I think that he's having a great time exploring this side of Scott. And while I can understand why some people might feel like it's out of character, like you were saying, it's circumstance. Like the circumstances are changing him because that's what it does when you're so desperate and terrible things continue to happen. Mm. You have to react to that and you're not always going to have the best reaction. Mm. Yeah, I think that's kind of all it is, or not all it is, but, you know, that's what the situation is rather than it being out of character. I think if you're saying something is out of character when it's happening on the TV show, you know, you have to think about why. Is it just because of, of what the person has shown it before? Is it a direct contradiction of what they've done before? Is there no reason for it to have been a direct contradiction of what they've done before? Then maybe you're looking at something out of character. But I don't feel like that with Scott. Like, I feel like that for whatever reason that, you know, that he is kind of... His insecurities are, are preying on him and causing him to to be like this. And I know people have been like, well, it's out of character that he's telling everything to Theo and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm like... I don't know if it is like you know you you'd hope that he wouldn't you'd want him to not but sometimes like when especially when people are not not doing so well they really turn to like a you know a new person that doesn't already have hang-ups about them and that's mm-hmm. that's not that uncommon either um yeah i agree yeah so i don't want to kind of make excuses for like you know, I guess inconsistency or something like that, uh, because I've seen plenty of shows that I'd accuse of being, you know, inconsistent in what they've had a character do, you know, completely contradicting uh, their past behaviour and that it doesn't come from, like, character growth. It just comes from, oh, this episode, we wanted them to do that, so we're going to totally sacrifice everything they did before. But that's not what I thought was going on here, really. Yeah, I agree. I don't know, when he tells him to talk to his dad, what do you, like, what did you think that that meant, that he should, like, turn himself in? Like, when he was like, don't worry about Malia and and Lydia, we'll find them. Is he kind of saying, hey, don't be involved with the pack stuff, don't worry about our friends because I don't want you near them, or, like, or what? Or is he saying, hey, go sort your shit out? Yeah, I think it's the latter. I don't think that he's kicking him out of the pack, which I know somebody was asking us about. Um, That just seems like too extreme for me. I think it was the heat of the moment. Like, I can't deal with you right now. We have a dying girl in the next room. I need to figure this out. And the fact that he was like, go talk to your dad. I was like, oh, crap. You know, that kind of sucks because he's saying, like, you need to turn himself in, which is fair coming from Scott's point of view. I think that's totally fair. And also, I was a little excited because I was like, okay, Saz is going to go home, tell his dad. His dad's going to be like, wait a second, I've heard this story before. And maybe at that point, the truth will actually come out and, you know, everything will be fine and everybody will be happy and there'll be BFFs again and we don't have to worry about anything. Is that too much to ask for? Um, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a bit hopeful, Karen. It's a bit, it's a bit optimistic, but, but yeah, sure. That, that's what'll happen. We'll go with that, shall we? Sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I would have been interested to see what would have happened if they had 
uh, yeah, had the, you know, talking between Sheriff and Styles in this episode, but they didn't. And I don't know, it felt a little bit, not final, but it, it, I don't know, it felt a little bit like, we don't want you here to me. It did feel like that. Sorry. So the final uh, situation is basically that Hayden is, is there and she's she's sick um, and dying, uh, kind of, and... Liam, uh, who was encouraged about this earlier in the episode, by Theo, of course, um, asked Scott to give Hayden the bite uh, in order to turn into a real werewolf that it might save her. Uh, And Scott basically says no. Because obviously he did that sort of to save Liam, you know, when he he bit him to stop him from falling off the building. And, uh, yeah, wants Hayden to get potentially saved from the poisoning and heal if she becomes a real werewolf and Scott refuses so how did you feel about that very conflicted I feel like Scott has a reason like a really good reason I'm sure and maybe there's some sort of like plan going on in his head or something like that where you know he's got a different solution to this very very large problem of her dying Um, I would hope that that is the case Otherwise, maybe he's just afraid, you know, maybe he doesn't want to turn another person. But the thing is, she was, you know, she's dying for something that is out of her circumstances, she and out of her control. And he can ask her, is this what you want? And she can say yes. And I feel like those are two things I mean, the first one, Liam, you know, he didn't, wasn't really in his control either because the mute was, or was it the mute or the Wendigo? I think it was the Wendigo. It was the Wendigo. Um, The Wendigo came after him, you know, so it's like he didn't really have a choice there, but also Scott wasn't able to ask him if this is the life that he wanted to live. He can do that with Hayden. And... You know I love Hayden, so I want her to live. And I just feel like, you know, there's got to be a good reason why he's saying no here, other than just, like, I don't want to have another beta. I don't know. I feel like it might be that. I feel like it might be, like, I don't think this is right. I don't think I have the right to do this, probably. But you're right. He could just ask her, and that would be Or. Yeah. Or could he be worried that he can't handle another beta, that he's really doubting his leadership qualities, and he's like, well, I don't want another beta because I don't think I'm going to be able to lead this pack or something. Which is kind of crap, because, you know, it's between being a terrible leader and her dying. I would definitely choose the terrible leader over dying, so I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know either it seems it seems quite difficult for me uh i don't know i i don't see like it, it could it be that he's scared that he'll like kill her that like she might not die i mean that they she's gonna die probably anyway but that like you know how the bite sometimes doesn't take and like would it be you know the responsibility mm-hmm. of of killing her potentially but i don't i don't know and I was wondering how because that went through my mind too how that could affect him being a true alpha if that would have any effect. Yeah. Do you think his true alphaness status is going to get taken away from him? Like it will drain out I mean, he's being so crap? I don't think so. I don't think that's how it works, but we don't really know 100%. And maybe he doesn't know 100%, so he's sort of like, 
I don't want to chance it. But again, like that would be out of character for Scott Bacall. So I don't really see that being the reason. Yeah, I think I think so. Uh, I don't know. It's it's <laughs> it's very weird to me. It's very confusing to me um, that <sighs> I, I don't think Scott wanted to turn anyone in the first place. I don't think he was so. so I understand him sort of not not wanting to do it now. I get uh, not wanting to do it at all. I guess, but. I mean, what better time for it, really? Like, oh, it's... it's Exactly. You know, it's a bit confusing to me. Yeah. Well, okay, and here's another, like, final thought on this. I think Theo wants Hayden to become part of the pack, because if he inherits the pack or whatever, then that's one more person underneath him. Hmm. Bigger pack means stronger alpha. So maybe he's going to end up convincing Scott to bite her anyway. Yeah, like, is that why he wanted her to stay alive? Because he wanted to convince Liam to get Scott to bite her? Like, that he, you know, that that's like, why I need Hayden alive kind of situation? Not like that he has a crush on Hayden and that she's his true love or something weird like that? No. And, you know, maybe that's what he was talking about in cinema when he was like, like, it was more orchestrated. Maybe he wanted Hayden to get um, the mercury injection so that it would force Scott to bite her so that she could become part of the pack, etc., etc. I don't know. That's... This guy has a long con, yeah. <laughs> a really long con, and I'm still trying to figure out what it is, but he is very good at it, whatever it is. Yeah, I don't know. Let's get rid of him. Agreed. <laughs> Okay, so is there anything else about this episode that you're curious about that you wanted to to question at all? Uh, No, I think we pretty much covered everything. I did just want to say that I hyped myself up so much for 508 that I thought it was going to destroy me, and then it was fine. I was like, oh, well, this isn't so bad. Like, it was a good episode, and, like, you know, some bad things happened, but I can live with this. And then I was, like, totally unprepared for 509, and 509 just, like, gutted me, and so... Now I'm really upset, but, you know, we'll see what 510 brings. Hopefully, even if there is a cliffhanger and even if some bad things happen, I hope there's some good resolution so that we're not left with, like, this huge hiatus where we're all just, like, sick with what's going to come next. I think that I think that you're going to be disappointed, though. I think that we're going to be <laughs> very... Uh, I think we're going to be very... This is like the exact definition of our personalities where you're like, no, it's going to be terrible. It's going to be really bad and it's going to suck so much. And I'm like, well, maybe it won't be so bad, though. It will. The end. (laughs) It will. Yes, so going into uh, feedback for this week, we had a couple of uh, messages to to share. Um, do you want to read the first one? I mean, we, we kind of discussed this, this situation. Yeah, this is from You Can Call Me Captain Galley. Uh, was this on... Where was this? Uh, I think that's a, a Tumblr ask. Okay. Potentially. Okay. Um, do you think Scott? 
Do you think Scott was throwing Styles out of the pack at the end when he walked into the animal clinic without him? He told Styles not to worry about the pack as if he wasn't part of it anymore. Um, no, I, I really don't think that he was kicking him out of the pack because I think there'd be a lot more talking involved of being like, you need look. To leave us alone. Yeah, like there would be a lot more like, this is how I feel convince me otherwise kind of thing and i think he just was like i can't deal with you right now i've got you know a much more pressing matter go talk to your dad and just see what happens so i i don't think he was throwing him out of the pack do you think maybe styles will will take it like that or maybe i mean this is his worst nightmare coming to life so there's definitely the potential that he's like well everybody hates me and i don't have a best friend anymore and blah 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 and yeah this could be pretty bad for his mental health but i don't know Mm. we'll see um i'll share a bit here that i got we got in an email which uh, i'll just read out directly from the email as well um in on my phone and then you can do the next tumblr one uh, but this was from um, Heather Ann, who is a Tumblr follower, Blue Florette, who's written in a couple of times in the last few weeks. But part of her email was interesting to me. It just said, about the only positive I could take out of this week's episode is that at least Derek and Isaac weren't there to see everyone fall apart. Especially after the dreadful <laughs> end promo, something tells me that they may not have the qualities Theo is looking for in fellow pack members. As long as they stay out of t- town, I can imagine that they're happy and healthy, though I'm not opposed to seeing them ride- riding into town to smack some sense into everyone and rally them together in 5B. I mean, same. Uh, but it also had an- another interesting part about the Theo telling the sheriff about his alleged murder that he did saying the finale commercial got me thinking about one other thing the scene where theo confesses to the sheriff about donovan's death really got my blood boiling but once i cooled down i wondered if it was the closest we could get to a benevolent gesture from theo if theo really does want styles in his pack well void styles at least this is going off the promo that's come out do you think he'll try and spin his confession to the sheriff as a quote-unquote gift to styles since now his dad shouldn't suspect him of having anything to do with donovan's death like if if the what we what we've seen in the promo is that Theo's ultimate goal is to take all of Scott's dark and powerful pack members and make them his pack, and that Scott's the one that he wants out. That he came here for a pack, and it doesn't include Scott. So that sort of implies that he actually does want Styles back on his side. And if he's like, well, look, Scott kicked you out because of the murder that you did. Like he didn't care. You know, you know that I don't think it's a big deal that you killed that guy. Scott, did you see how Scott reacted? Wasn't it terrible how Scott reacted? And now Scott's gone, and I, you know, I covered it up, so your dad's never going to hate you for it either. Uh, so you should love me, basically. Do you think that that could potentially be what style, what Theo is aiming to do with Styles? That is such twisted logic, yeah. but like it kind of makes sense like i'm not even kidding you like i would not put it past the at this point i i kind of like the idea of him i mean i don't like it but (laughs) the idea of him kind of spinning it as like a benevolent act like you know i did this with your dad so you wouldn't have to talk to him about it and blah 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 but like Styles also punches the crap out of Theo in the next episode, and that has me curious about <laughs> why exactly that was happening. Like, maybe Styles knows exactly what Theo told Scott, 
I'm not sure. But can we just go back to the beginning part of that email really quickly? Because if Isaac comes back and fixes everything, <laughs> or if Derek, or maybe both of them come back and they're just like, can guys. You both of them being like, guys. Really? Seriously? <laughs> I would I would cry. I'm admitting it right now. I would bawl if that happened because, first of all, I really need Isaac. But secondly, <laughs> I can just imagine Derek being like, I was gone for five minutes, guys. What is happening? <laughs> yeah, good. Yes. And just lay the smackdown on Theo. Can you imagine Derek going toe-to-toe with Theo? You would destroy him. It would be amazing. Oh, my God. Can you imagine them fighting in their pure wolf forms? Ooh. <sighs> Not that Theo deserves it. Oh. No. Oh. Oh. <sighs> anyway, sorry. Yeah. We're getting excited now. That's what Isaac feels sounds like. <laughs> Oh, we're so bad. Okay, carry on uh, with the last one. Okay, this is from Actually Austin, who says, Hello again, love last week's podcast, and getting a glimpse into the writing process for the show from Will Wallace. Thinking about 509, does anyone think that Theo telling Stilinski the fake story about him killing Donovan was his fatal mistake that will expose him? I first thought the whole he'll make a mistake flashback was spinning it to be about Styles, but part of me hopes that Sheriff can see through it and trust his son enough to know Theo is guilty. Any thoughts? Yes, I mean, we've discussed this already, but this is exactly what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that this is the mistake Theo makes. And also, we know that the, you know, the creators of the show and everything, the writers, they love double meanings, especially in the titles, but I could see that flashback being like, well, do they mean it this way or do they mean it that way? And it sort of is like, what do I want to say? Like, it can be interpreted both ways, and we have to wait and see which way it's being interpreted. But I love the idea that Theo is making his mistake and that this is what's going to catch him. Because, God, I hope the sheriff can see through it and trust his son. Like, I hope he believes Styles over Theo. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so as well. But, um... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think so as well, Uh but the thing is to trust his son enough to know that Theo is guilty. But in this circumstance, Theo isn't guilty in this circumstance. Like, I don't know. Maybe Styles should just go and tell his daddy the whole story about Theo killing the other guy and about him accidentally killing Donovan. And, you know, it would be nice if he just told the sheriff everything and then the sheriff, like, could believe it. <laughs> and hugged him. Yeah, and hugged him. And got and so he stole his hug back. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yes, that would be good. Uh, that would be good. And uh, I don't know, that's... I, I don't know as well about the way that they were flipped spinning that flashback. I did think it was meant to be about Theo. that it was, But I can see it, as, like I said, I can see it both ways. I, I did, because Styles had already told him before that he was suspicious of, of Theo. Uh, and, you know... And this is way before any of the killing happened, so maybe he's like, hey, my son was right, that guy is creepy. But we'll see. Uh, uh, uh. Anyway. Anyway. Now I'm stressed that the whole 
like this whole story is going to carry on next season because there's lots of things that I thought we were going to get answers for really soon and now I don't think we're going to get <laughs> the answers really soon and I'm annoyed. <sighs> yeah, I mean, they have been saying <clears throat> most of the time that this is definitely a mid-season finale. This is not going to end like 3A did mm. going into 3B. They're not necessarily two separate storylines. Mm. I think there's going to be a shift in focus in 5B, but I it's definitely like this is the mid-season finale coming up. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But that's so annoying, Karen. <laughs> I'm sorry. We have to wait for so long. I know. I know. Ugh. All right, never mind. That's fine. Uh, I suppose then next week is the finale, and then we'll we'll know then exactly what we have answers for and what we don't. Never mind. And uh, yeah, we'll just finish up now, I guess, and and we'll talk to you guys next week about the finale, Status Asthmaticus, uh, and and see what happens then uh speaking of that like how do you think scott's asthma returning is going to affect anything like do you think it's just a sign of his uh you know his problems and his anxiety or do you think that it's going to cause a bigger problem i definitely think that it's in his head i think it's his anxiety that's triggering this and that he maybe believes he has it but he doesn't you know it's more psychological than anything else um and uh, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to see the cure for it come 510 and maybe he's going to be able to fight back or whatever. Or if it's literally just going to end on like him having an asthma attack and cut to black and we have to find out what happens in like, you know, four or five months or however long it is. That would suck really bad. Please don't do that, Teen Wolf Riders. Right. Yeah, that sounds horrible. All right. Um, well, um, unless there's anything else you wanted to speak about before next week, uh, we will go, I guess, and, um, we will beat you next week with, uh, yeah, with the news about, about the season finale, and then we'll have however many months to wait until, until more Teen Wolf comes back. So that's a shame, and we'll try and get some good stuff you know, at least in the podcast between now and then, but but we'll see about that uh, because obviously it's a bit of a long wait. So yeah, start getting your ideas together about what you might want us to look into then, uh, and we'll see. I guess next week's the the big the big ending or the big cliffhanger. Yeah. So until then. I will see you later, and I will see Karen later, I suppose. So, bye-bye, Karen. Bye. Bye.